0: Hi everyone, and welcome to the Animal Health Podcast with me, Kathy Davis. This is the fourth episode in a series which digs into the science behind trace minerals for New Zealand livestock. So far, we've covered cobalt, iodine, and zinc, so please do check out those episodes as well if you're interested. Today, we move on to copper. And standing by, ready to explain exactly what we need to know about this particular mineral, is veterinarian Dr. Peter Pulford. Hi, Peter. Hi, Kathy. Great to be back talking with you again. Let's start with the basics. Why do animals need copper in the first place? What does it do for them?
1: Well, it actually does quite a lot. And it's not just animals that need copper, by the way. All living things need it, including us humans. For the purposes of today's discussion, however, we'll stick to copper's role in the health of farm animals. And in that context... It's really important for several essential functions throughout the life of the animal. Copper supports bone growth and development, for example, so it's required for skeletal structure and soundness. It helps maintain a healthy immune function, including the formation of antibodies and white blood cells, which in turn means animals are less susceptible to infection and disease. It's absolutely critical for proper development of the nervous system, it's involved in antioxidant activity, and it also plays a key role in helping animals metabolise iron for the formation of red blood cells.
0: That's quite a list. Anything else?
1: Oh yes. Copper is also associated with reproduction and fertility, particularly the expression of estrus, ovulation and conception. It affects the health of both the heart and liver. It influences wool and hair growth, and it's implicated in animal growth rates and weight gain.
0: Okay, so my next question is, how do animals actually get copper, Peter?
1: Well, the short answer is through their diet. Copper cannot be created within the body. It has to come from an external source. And in most New Zealand farm systems, the first and most obvious source is pasture, which in turn absorbs copper from the soil. Copper is also found in certain feed supplements. Palm kernel expeller, or PKE, for example, uh, can contain very high levels of copper. In addition, it can be administered to animals in a range of different ways, via injection through the stock water, or orally in the form of slow-release capsules, or in a drench.
0: That sounds like it should be simple, but I'm guessing it's not.
1: No, it's definitely not simple. In fact, it's really complex for several reasons. The first reason is that New Zealand has a very wide range of soil types, many of which differ significantly in their mineral composition. Soils that are naturally deficient in copper are found in several regions throughout the country, And obviously, if you're growing pasture for livestock on these soils, the plants themselves will also be naturally low in copper. This causes what is known as a primary copper deficiency. Another reason dietary copper is highly complex for New Zealand livestock is that it reacts to or is influenced by other minerals like molybdenum, iron, zinc and sulfur. On top of this, ingestion of soil can interfere with absorption of copper from the diet. So you don't necessarily need to be farming copper-deficient soils to still end up with copper-deficient animals. And this is what we term as secondary copper deficiency. A classic scenario is the use of zinc supplements to prevent facial eczema. Zinc, as I mentioned, interferes with the animal's ability to absorb copper And as a result, we can see depletion of stored copper reserves in the liver, which is commonly recognized as a risk at the end of the facial eczema season each year. Copper is also complex because different animal species have different copper requirements. Maintenance levels for adult dairy and beef cattle, for example, are twice those of adult sheep. So where an adult ewe on maintenance, would need 5 milligrams of copper per kilogram of dry matter consumed per day. The adult cow needs 10 milligrams of copper per kilogram of dry matter per day. To make things even trickier, copper is potentially toxic, particularly for sheep. Cattle are not as susceptible, but deaths due to copper toxicity still occur every year.
0: If I can just take you back to pasture for a minute, Peter. Has anyone ever measured how much copper is contained in New Zealand pastures? Given what you've just laid out for us, I understand there's probably not a simple answer to that one either. But it would be interesting to know, since pasture is such a huge part of the livestock diet on New Zealand farms.
1: Well, yes, actually it has been measured. The work was done some years ago, but it was quite robust and the results were, well, startling. AgResearch has a herbage analysis laboratory where it tests pasture samples from all over New Zealand every year. The scientists there went back through the results of those tests for approximately 1,100 samples processed by the lab in the five years between 2001 and 2006. And they found that 75% of them did not meet the daily copper requirements for cattle.
0: Three quarters of the samples were too low for cattle?
1: Really? Yes, that's right. Three quarters. I certainly never expected the number to be quite so high. The other interesting thing about that work was that only 4% of the sample results reviewed showed copper levels that did not meet the daily requirements for sheep. So there is a huge disparity there.
0: Let's switch tacks for a moment and talk about what farmers might see if their animals aren't getting enough copper in their diets.
1: Sure. I guess the first uh, point to make is that most of the signs of copper deficiency we focus on these days have to do with cattle, because as mentioned, cattle have a much higher requirement for this mineral than sheep, and copper deficiency is, to be fair, rarely diagnosed in New Zealand sheep. So with that in mind, and remembering that a deficiency can be primary or secondary, depending on the cause. One of the signs that many people might have heard about is lack of pigmentation in the hair of the animal. This most often shows up as light-coloured spectacles around the eyes of cattle, and it's particularly indicative of a secondary copper deficiency caused by high levels of molybdenum in the diet. Other signs can be scours, rough coats, poor growth rates in young stock, weight loss, reduced milk yields, reproductive problems anemia, and bone fractures.
0: What about diagnosis? Is there a good way to find out for sure if your animals are deficient?
1: Well, yes, the gold standard is measuring the amount of copper present in the animal's liver. The liver acts, if you like, as a dispensary, constantly supplying copper to the bloodstream and keeping the circulating levels of copper within a narrow range. You can test blood samples, but these results are not particularly reliable because blood to copper will only become low in animals which have exhausted their liver reserves and already severely copper deficient. It's relatively easy to request liver biopsies for animals which are cold for processing, and this is probably the most common way to get some idea of your herd's copper status. The problem is that cull animals are not necessarily representative of the rest of the herd so that's a question mark over how relevant this information is in that particular cohort of animals live liver biopsies are also used but again you need to have a representative number of samples to get a statistically significant result the main challenge here is that there is often significant variation in copper status between individual cows within the same herd.
0: Peter, earlier on you mentioned the risk of toxicity. Can you please explain how this applies to cattle in New Zealand?
1: Certainly, it's an important point that you raise because it is becoming more common. Part of the reason for that is that farmers are giving cattle more and more copper than they used to, both intentionally and otherwise It's relatively cheap and it's widely available in several forms, so you can end up with an additive effect, especially in combination with naturally high copper-containing feeds like PKE. That's why it's so important to work with your vet on this one. Injectable copper supplements and copper capsules are restricted veterinary medicines for that reason, so there's a clear record of how much copper is administered to animals on farm to minimise the risk of accidental overdose.
0: So when's the best time of year to plan copper testing and supplementation if you need it?
1: Autumn is a good time. You want to make sure your animals head into the challenges of winter with adequate copper reserves on board so they're not compromised by the effects of copper deficiency come the spring.
0: Many thanks, Peter. As always, you've been very helpful. That concludes this episode of the Animal Health Podcast. For more advice on copper, talk to your vet. Next time, tune in for everything you need to know about selenium. Thank you for listening.
1: This podcast is proudly sponsored by Coppermax, only available from your local
0: veterinarian.